This month on Redefining Hustle, Pursuing Success as a Christian Woman, we're talking about expanding your expertise. And before you can do any of that expansion, you need to be sure that your confidence and your confidence is in check. So join me for today's episode with my friend, Karen Laus, who's going to talk to us all about confidence. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Redefining Hustle, Pursuing Success as a Christian Woman. Thanks for joining us at a little bit of a different time than our live stream. And that's because I have a very special guest this week. So this is part of our series called Expand Your Expertise. And if you listened to the last episode, you know that we're talking about a number of ways to expand your expertise, whether that's starting a podcast or being a podcast guest or creating a community or creating a course or membership. And what all of those things have in common, the foundational piece that all of those things have is confidence. And so I have my confident communicator expert and good friend, Karen Laus here today. She's going to be talking to us about why that confidence is so important as you seek to expand your expertise. And what does it look like to show up in your confidence and ask for what you want in a way that creates a win-win and a graceful environment for everyone. So Karen, welcome to the show. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Erin. Well, I remember when I was six years old and my dad gave me a few dollars at a flea market and he said, go have fun, but never pay full price. <laughs> and honestly, that defining moment has really shaped how I've continued to be successful in my career, to ask for what I want and be really comfortable with that. Mm. But on the other hand, what's important to share, and this is where a lot of my insecurity stemmed from, is growing up with a very traditional home where my mom modeled that a woman didn't have a voice unless a man told her that he did. And Having to navigate that throughout my life, also trying to please my dad most of my life, I really was trying to do that. And so it was this feeling of not being good enough. So my heart is for the woman who is holding back from being her true, authentic self, free to be who she truly is and not, well, that's my goal is to not have that, that person like I was for too long being held back by a prison truly of our own making. Yeah. And so that's, that's a little bit more of my heart and a little more personal side, but it has shaped my business. And on the business component, I started in HR, became a corporate trainer. And then for 20, almost 25 plus years now, I think <laughs> it's hard to count anymore. I have specialized in communication, confident communication, specifically in executive presence and how you carry yourself through that, mm -hmm. as well as the message and the story and being memorable and getting to the point quickly. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of the juxtaposition of holding both of those. I love that, Karen, because I think a lot of women who are now stepping, you know, have been in business for some time you know, maybe they've relied on the gifts, the talents, the skills that they've always had, but now they've hit this place in their business where perhaps they want to expand their audience. Perhaps they want to take what they've always done and create new offers or whatever that is. And what's funny is sometimes when we operate in our own box, it's scary to step out. And where do you see women in particular get stuck when it comes to the confidence in business, in, in stepping into that new role or that new service offering or whatever? What holds us back? 
Yeah, a big part of it, of course, is the standard imposter syndrome, but it all stems from doubting our own abilities. Thinking that, and, and there's so much societal pressure to feel like you have to be it all, do it all. I mean, you're a classic example of how you're helping women to not be doing the hustle the way that society tells us we have to and being so busy all the time. I mean, it it all c comes together to create this almost impossible demand mm. of how we're supposed to be in the world. Right. So it's safer, frankly, to hold back. And I did that for a long time. I was too afraid what other people thought. So mm -hmm. the people pleasing is such a big one as well. Yeah. And I will say though, through lots of personal growth work, years of therapy, lots of delving into what is the problem that I have in certain scenarios where I wasn't able to fully express who I truly was, when I got free from that, it was so empowering. Mm -hmm. And I thought, everybody can do this. This is a skill that anybody can learn. Anybody listening to this, you can learn this. Mm. So I can start with an exercise. So we're not uh, talking. That would be great. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, but one of my favorites is what I call the Broadway musical. And this is to... You're speaking to my heart right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, get ready. <laughs> anybody wants to sing, here we are. So you take the strongest message of doubt that you have. And for many women, it's I'm not enough. And instead of even just taking a moment here, even when I say that out loud, it sounds heavy. But if I sing it like a Broadway musical, I'm not good enough. Suddenly <laughs> it changes the meaning. So the wonderful thing about this is that it's backed in neuroscience, meaning when you sing it like that, or you even say it in a, a different voice that might be a funny voice, then you're laughing, your neural pathways are shifted. So as a result of that, it takes the power away of that same exact message. So that's one that anybody can do immediately. I love that one, Karen. You know, it's funny when I feel foggy, I will find myself sort of singing through whatever it is. And, and I love how, how you take that, which seems so silly, but it's funny how it sort of breaks the chain, if you will, in that moment. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. That. Well, and another one of my favorites is called the fear script. And this is where you take that message of fear or doubt. You write it down. This is a great journaling exercise. I've also done it with people where they record themselves to themselves on video mm -hmm. and they talk back to each other. So basically what happens is you write that message of doubt and that's considered the fear or the doubt. You can put that as the script. And then what would your highest version of yourself say back to that? Or basically, what would you say back to that? Mm. I mean, what I find fascinating about this exercise is that I've never had anybody that said that they're at a loss of what to say back to the fear. We know what to say. Again, this stuff is not as if it's, uh, what should I say? Not that it's not hard, but it's, it's not that it's not simple. In other words, it's not complicated, but it's the execution. Yeah. And I have found that when people do that exercise, it opens up this whole dialogue where you start mm. realizing, oh my gosh, fear, that's, that's not even relevant. Right. That doesn't even make logical sense. 
And when you start even thinking about making a list of your accomplishments, for example, that can be a wonderful thing to do too, to have right in front of you Mm. and see, there's no way I'm an imposter. I have all of these skills. And even if you said, oh, well, I still need more for this role or whatever, you can still say, but look at my character traits. Mm -hmm. Too many people look at just their tactical skills. And yet we have to remember that there's the tactical and then there's the character traits that are all connected to why we do business with certain people and that no like and trust factor. Yeah. One of the things that you, while you were talking about that fear script that came up for me is how often we've been in a conversation with a friend who's speaking down to themselves and we so quickly are able to respond to that, to lift them up. Like mm-hmm. how don't say that about yourself. Think about it this way, or I've seen you do this. And yet we're so hard on ourselves. And that, that exercise seems to put us in, in the role right? Because it's a script of mm-hmm. having that conversation sort of with our inner friend, if you will, right. to br- again, to break those chains. You mm-hmm. said something earlier, Karen, that I just wanted to bring forward and it um, kind of relates to what I talked to my guest about in episode 219. And she was making a change that God told her to do, to move on from one company to a different company. And what held her back for a long time was the people pleasing. And what will these people think of me? Or what will those people think of me? And to me, tying that together with what you just said, so many times I'll say to my clients, do you have a list of all of the ways that God has delivered you? Right. Mm-hmm. All of the things that God has had a breakthrough or all of the ways that you've seen God show up and similar to what you said, right? Having that in front of you, having your accomplishments in front of you, not so they define you, but so they remind you of who he made you to be and even the challenges that you've overcome so that you have that confidence when you think, why would I create a course? Who would buy a course from me? Well, really? Because you've been teaching that right? In live sessions or what have you. So I love, love, love that. Karen, you created something called the Confidence Cocktail. And I have been so fortunate to have been part of a group coaching that you and I are part of. So I've seen you sort of work through it. And I'm so excited uh, for you to share that with our audience and walk them through what that is. And by the way, I'm sure, Karen, that you have a download or something like that. So we can put that in the show notes um, that that people can have sort of a visual of it. But tell us about this confidence cocktail. Yeah, well, the the premise, of course, first of all, it's my signature framework that I finally put <laughs> into <Yay>! something, <laughs> realizing how important that is. It's work I've been doing for years, but I love that there's some flair to it because I like to think of myself as having a little flair, having a fun personality. And The goal is to look at what are the ingredients of a confidence cocktail that would be the perfect recipe for you. So whoever is listening, there's obviously there's there's ingredients that bring us confidence. And yet sometimes you might not need one. Maybe you need a dash of this or a shot of that or whatever it might be to make it perfect for you. So the first thing is there are typically three things that when we are confident, people experience us as in the world itself. So those are three C's. Those are credibility, clarity, and connection. 
So we have connection with our audience or the person we're talking to. That's where the relationship building comes in. We have this credibility that showcases our expertise where people realize, oh, she's a credible expert. And then there's, of course, the clarity where people feel like our message is clear and we're not, they're not confused around us. And I will say a quick side note about how hard it is for most of us to stop rambling. And I will say I'm a recovering rambler myself. <laughs> so I, I have to stop and pause here for a moment because one of the things related to clarity is how to stop rambling and get to the point. And my tip for that is to notice that you're doing it in the first place, stop, pause and say out loud, my point is this. Mm -hmm. That will help you to refocus and it will also help your audience or listeners or whoever is listening to your message know, oh, she has a point if they were also getting lost. So that's that's one tip related to clarity. But if you've got these three C's, again, connection, credibility, and clarity, that's really part of the confident cocktail itself. Mm -hmm. That's my promise to you when working with me. That is the result. So how we get there is through these other various ingredients. So things like brand identity, who are you and how do you want people to experience you? There's also thinking on your feet. That's a big one for a lot of people. How do you deal with unexpected scenarios like Q&A or difficult people? There is also celebration. That's a huge thing that I have seen related to building confidence, because the more kind of like what we've already been talking about, when you acknowledge those accomplishments, it is a beautiful thing to have a celebration practice regularly, for sure. And then one of them, of course, is the message itself in general. How do you have a message that's clear? How do you tell stories in a way that grabs people's attention? And then mindset is another big one. There's technically six ingredients. So I know it's it's a little hard to see, to imagine it without the visual, but just to, just to be really tightened up here, and they're not in any particular order. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that's clear too. But one is brand identity, which we've obviously said already. One is mindset. One is celebration. One is presence, how you come across, mm -hmm. thinking on your feet, and then the message itself. Mm. So we look at these and what I have when I work with my clients, I have everybody rate themselves on a scale of one to 10 of how strong do you think you are in each of those categories and then determining, okay, as we work together, how are you progressing? Mm. And that's a really great way to, first of all, what's what I find interesting is what people rate themselves at yeah. and then what I would say. <laughs> so we start where, of course, it's got to start with the pain or the problem that the person is having. But sometimes people don't realize like they're so fixated. Like I'm just thinking about one of my clients as so much of what I do is recording people and then watching it back. And one of them was so fixated on some tick that she noticed she was doing with her eyebrow, like she mm. was erasing it or something. And it was barely noticeable, but it was very obvious. Right. Her voice was tentative and she had a ton of filler words. Mm. And I told her, look, I, if I really look at that, I could probably see it, but you've got much bigger fish to fry here. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, I'm just going to, I have to cough. So keep talking. <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'll keep talking because the most important ingredient is the lime on the side, and that is courage. 
because we have got to have courage to mm. be able to actually put this to to put this to action and everything that i do and so the confidence cocktail is the framework but everything that i do is under the umbrella of a formula which is communication strategies that i will offer you plus you taking action equals confidence right so we've got to take the confidence but what i have found that a lot of people say is oh you gave me the confidence mm. or i mean you gave me the the tips or the tactics the strategies if you will and then that helped me to know what to say how to say it and then i had more confidence but it requires action it's like anything that we do yeah yeah what i love karen is there's so much that i love about what you do <laughs> but as we talk about expanding our expertise sometimes as you were referring to that client and and her noticing that tick like you said which was barely noticeable we get so laser focused on the overthinking or the perfection or the people pleasing or you know or 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 and yeah. we need someone from the outside perspective to help us see those pieces and that it's it's this even the exercises that you've given us here you know to be able to sort of snap ourselves out of that and remember what we're coming to the table with what mm -hmm. we have to offer remember that somebody somewhere has bought something from us previously mm -hmm. and i love that you brought up the character piece too because sometimes people do choose to work with you i've had clients who have chosen to work with me in ways and i thought that it really isn't my expertise but they just connected me with me in such a way and trusted me that no like and trust so it's showing up from from a confident place to be able to expand your expertise in the ways that best serve your clients are there ways karen that we overstep the confidence line and become i don't know maybe like a little cocky cockier than we should be i don't know i that's what i want to know it's possible for most people that are even asking that question we won't even broach that but i do think that what happens and this has happened to me a lot I have always been overconfident in my abilities. Like I am not that woman that says, oh, I need to have 10 out of 10. I'm the one, if I have three out of 10, mm -hmm. I'll go, I'm going to apply. Right. So for, I will say there have been times in my life where I have gotten too comfortable mm. or thought, oh, I've got this. And then inevitably something happens. I mean, this, this happened very recently for me. And I was realizing, you know, one of the beautiful things that you did for us before this was to pray and specifically pray about the tech. Mm. I wish that I had done that last week. <laughs> <laughs> I have learned that lesson. <laughs> because I came into something, I mean, if, frankly, the organizers were, they trusted me and just said, oh, you know, it was sort of a, they were last minute, I was last minute. And then I realized I didn't, I was too, too overconfident related to this. Mm. I should have spent more time preparing. I should have thought about the different scenarios. So that's an immediate example that comes to mind in my life. Yeah. Now, if we think about, for example, overdoing it related to our gestures or our voice, like most, so many women generally don't project well, but mm. this is why you've got to record yourself because mm. I remember my husband and I were at a restaurant the 
the other day and there was this woman talking so loud at the table. And I thought, oh, he, Chris actually leaned to me and he goes, well, she doesn't have a problem projecting. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes this is where we can come across. And, and this is where I, I feel like we have to toe this line here because, mm -hmm. you know, that whole phrase too much, like she's too much. There's mm -hmm. so much societal backlash off of that comment. And I never want somebody to feel like they're too much. Right. And when they're just being themselves. So this is why I come back to record yourself, mm -hmm. see how you come across, or at least get feedback from someone else and ask, does my voice come across as too loud? And are my gestures too much? And it's not about your personality. It's about your behaviors. How are you coming across with those behaviors, for lack of a better word? Because if somebody has is too loud or has too many gestures or over leans in, then that will be distracting. Mm. So it's finding the sweet spot. And this is the, the line that all of us, in particular women, have to toe all the time. It's that tightrope of, I don't want to come across as too strong from a credibility or, well, again, this is, I'm always watching my words with this one, but being too competent, too strong with all of the, you know, the, the those qualities, but then you don't want to be too soft and nurturing sure. and warm. Like, so you've got to find the balance of warmth and competence, basically. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. And there's so many, it, it's just, yeah, there's so much that we could expand on with this. Cause I hear, you know, a lot of women will say, well, I'm always told to smile. And I think, you know, men don't get that feedback. And, and that might be true, generally speaking. But I'll tell you, if I work with men that don't have a smile, I'm going to tell them to smile. So to me, it's definitely neutral. But it is, it's tough. And everything, everything could trigger somebody. And that's yeah. the other thing that we've got to remember, too. And yeah. if you're triggered, the thing I, I would say to ask is, is it really... Is this becoming personal now mm. or there's some reason that I'm triggered, but there's actually truth in this? Yeah, And absolutely. maybe that's why I'm triggered, but it's something to look at. Right, right. Oh, Karen, this has been so good. <laughs> One of the reasons that I wanted to, to start our series with you as the expert on confidence is because I think so many times as women, we have a tunnel vision of what we think that we're good at doing and that we could offer, or we're looking left and right, which the Bible tells us not to do and thinking, oh, well, I should be doing that, or I should be doing that, or I could never do that. And so all of those pieces really play into having that lack of confidence and confidence to me is so important if we're going to expand our expertise or serve a new audience or go deeper in our audience, because you know what, that can be scary too, when you start to niche down. And I know, you know, we've been talking a little bit about that among, you know, some of our group in the group coaching that, well, you know, I want to serve this audience. And, and so my question for you is, as you have really honed the audience that you serve, have you found your own confidence shaken at any point as you started to think about narrowing that audience to those, you know, high level executive women that you know that you can serve? Oh, for sure. 
it's a, it's the fear of, oh my gosh, what if then I'm not serving these other people? And, and the truth is, if I really get down to it, it's what if I don't, I'm not going to have enough business? What if those people, what if I now am excluding these? And I come back to something years ago when I was experimenting with different lines at networking events and way back in the day, you know, when it was like the Rotary Club or whatever, Chamber of Commerce. And I remember vividly the response that I would get when I tested out different lines and specifically the difference when I started saying, I work with women over 40 who are stressed and depleted. <laughs> Immediately people go, what? Well, tell me more. And then I would have men say, do you work with men too? So I think that we've got to trust that the scarcity principle is, well, number one, I think the most important thing is who do you really want to serve? Who has God called you to serve? What gives you the most passion and joy and where can you fit your expertise in the best place? Like to me, that's the bottom line. But then there's that other component that we can't deny in society that there is that rule of scarcity that people, you will be more desirable when you are more narrowed down. And I think about the power of this new business group that I'm in called the Poetics. It is so fascinating, the power that like, I have never quite seen it described in such a way of how powerful having a framework is related to growing your business. And even thinking about these people that are so niched down, like Mel Robbins and her five-second rule. I mean, it's one thing, the five-second rule. These, these different people that have their one thing, or Simon Sinek, who made his, you know, however many millions he's making on Start With Why. And that wasn't a new concept, but he made it in a way that, from a marketing perspective, and I love him, yeah. and he's great, but it's such a good reminder that, if we can start with an audience and then a thing that we do as the main thing, it doesn't mean you can't do the other things, but it's right. what is your main thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. And I, from my perspective, as I see women who want to expand, you know, maybe they've been offering one-on-one -on -one coaching or maybe they've been group coaching and now they want to offer a course or whatever that is. Who is that audience? Who is that one person that you're speaking to? And what is that framework that you're walking them through? I think the scarcity piece is, it's it's real. And we also, of course, have to remember, and you you said this, right? Who has God called you to serve? What, what gifts and talents and skills has he given you for your mission in the marketplace? Because every one of you has a mission in the marketplace, right? If you're listening to this podcast, I know that you're a high achieving believer and that you want to glorify God in your business, but you've probably been relying on yourself for a very long time and you've had some success with that, but you don't want to keep doing it that way. And we have to trust that God is preparing and positioning us in every season for those that he's given us to serve. And if we can get really clear on that and be confident, even beyond the confidence in ourselves, but confident that like God can redeem anything. Mm -hmm. But if you know that he's calling you forward to expand and, and expand your expertise and offer something new or, you know, 
hone that audience even further, that he's not doing that at your detriment ever, 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 ever. Right. Oh, Karen, this is so good. Before we finish up, um, I have two questions, uh, two questions. One, how has faith played a role in your business to this point and, and where you see your business going? Well, it's everything because it's the foundation of how I operate in life. And so it's something I, yeah, to me, it's just part of who I am. So it's all integrated. Love and that. I will say that probably, I don't think it's going to change necessarily. I will also say that I'm not explicit about my faith in, in the world. And that's an intentional choice. Yeah. I want people to feel just that I don't want any barriers around, oh, well, she's this. And there's so sure. many labels. Sadly, there's so many labels around Christianity. I want people to feel seen and heard and yeah. loved around me. Yeah. And that's my number one goal. And it's not like I deny it. It's certainly not sure. at all. But I would say, so just, I wanted to share that two things that it's the foundation. Yeah. Obviously you and I are also in a Christian business group together, but it's also my doing, I'm doing my best to, well, that's, I know that's not even true. <laughs> I want to have a stronger faith practice specifically on my own praying every day, even if it's five minutes and I am not consistent at that. So I feel like I need to be very transparent about that, but that is where my heart is that yeah. having that. And I do pray about things, of course, with my clients with, and I love to pray with clients. That's so that is to me is really fun. I'm a very in the moment person so I'm one of those people like, hey, let's pray, or I'm going to pray for you. Or sometimes I will leave friends voice memos and pray for them. So, and I'll do that for clients sometimes too. But that's the way I would say that it's integrated. Yeah. And I feel like I yearn mm -hmm. to have more. I mean, I guess that's just in general, continuing to want to surrender. Yes. And and it's amazing how challenging self-discipline can be. <laughs> yes, that is so true. I love, Karen, that you vulnerably share that this is an area that you want to go deeper and that you know you want to be more disciplined in. And I love that you shared that, you know, this is not where God has not called every single one of his ambitious daughters in business to strictly serve his people or it, you know, he hasn't strictly called some of us to only work with believers. I know that that's true for me, but so many are, are walking out a mission in the marketplace that extends far beyond, right? That specific audience. And that's okay mm -hmm. because there are people who need what you have and he has positioned you and prepared you where you are because he knows that the world needs what you have. And we get to reflect him and we don't always have to be forward in our faith to reflect him in the marketplace. Because remember, listeners, you may be the only experience of Jesus that somebody gets and they yeah. cross paths with you and they, they sense a calm and a, and a peace about you. That character, like you were talking about earlier, Karen, that draws them in and makes them want to work with you. So you don't have to only be serving a faith audience. So I, I wanted to be clear on that. And I'm so glad that you shared that, Karen. So tell us 
Where can we find you? How do people get in touch with you? How do they learn about your framework and all the things? Yes. Well, you can reach me at KarenLaus.com. That is my first and last name, K-A-R-E-N-L-A-O-S.com. I have, for those of you that are wondering, gosh, are there any, is there anything that I'm saying in my vocabulary, the vocabulary that might be getting in my way related to my credibility? I have a thing on my website, a PDF called Nine Words to Avoid and What to Say Instead. So feel free to download that. And I'm also on Instagram a lot. I love to post short reels. And I have a book called Trust Your Own Voice, as well as a podcast called Ignite Your Podcast. I love it, Karen. Thank you for being my guest and talking about confidence and helping us with some fun exercises around that. So everyone, listen, go follow Karen, go connect with her. I love you so much, Karen. I'm so grateful to have you as my friend and to have you as my confidence coach in my ear anytime <laughs> that I'm having one of those moments. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you too, Aaron. I love you too. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, I pray for and encourage you to tune out the world, tune into God's truth, and turn up focus as you build your thriving kingdom business. And I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, my high achieving sister in Christ. I know that you have an established business and you've achieved six figures or higher in revenue and you're ready to refine and scale. And right now you're swimming in opportunities, overflowing with ideas and excited about the possibilities. But you're also overwhelmed thinking, how can I set a strategy when I'm in a productivity fog and I don't have time to waste on things that don't align to the vision and mission that God's given me? My client, Jen, felt this same way. Enter my focused and fruitful strategy day. With a full day of private coaching with me and my strategic mapping zone of genius, you'll be nourished with good food in a tranquil environment and celebrated at the end of the day, all in the beauty of my location in Chesapeake Beach, Maryland, or in your location. Jen said, my strategy day with Erin was just what I needed. She helped me look at my current services, dream about the future, and create a plan to grow and scale. Her giftedness as a faithful visionary with an understanding of day-to-day -day tactical tasks, along with financial projections and goals, is a magical combination that I've never seen before, especially from a firm foundation and faith. If you are ready to bring calm to the chaos before 2024 gets here, and you're ready to tame the tornado and silence the squirrels, visit erinharrigan.com slash strategy day to schedule your day with me. No squirrels were harmed in the making of this message or the delivery of the strategy day. Thanks for tuning in to Redefining Hustle, pursuing success as a Christian woman this week. I pray this show brings you value as an ambitious woman in business. Remember to check the show notes for my free resources and other helpful links. If this episode spoke to you, take a screenshot, share it with a friend, or share it on social media and tag me. I'm praying for you, friend, that you'll experience the joy of learning to redefine hustle as you pursue success so your business produces much fruit and impacts his kingdom in greater ways than you could ever imagine. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.